Today on Cyberwork, I'm joined by TEDx speaker, security researcher, host of the podcast Mike Club, and all-around expert on security awareness and social engineering, Dr. Eric Huffman. Eric spoke at our 2021 InfoSec Inspire virtual conference, and for those of you who, like me, were captivated by his presentation, prepare for another hour of Dr. Huffman's insights on why we need to teach security awareness from insight rather than fear or punishment, how positive name recognition in an email can short-circuit our common sense, and how to keep your extrovert family members from answering those questions online about your first pet in the street you lived on as a child. All that and more today on Cyberwork. Welcome to this week's episode of the Cyberwork with InfoSec podcast. Each week we talk with a different industry thought leader about cybersecurity trends, the way those trends affect the work of InfoSec professionals, and offer tips for breaking in or moving up the ladder in cybersecurity industry. Dr. Eric Huffman is a cybersecurity researcher, TEDx speaker, and an award-winning entrepreneur who has made a big impact in the industry, in part from his discussion about the human side of phishing attacks and the psychology of social engineering. Uh, he's also the host of the uh, newly created Mike Check podcast, and I always love to have a fellow podcaster on the show because I know we'll have a good conversation. Uh, so I first came into contact with Dr. Eric Huffman via our 2021 InfoSec Inspire conference. And apart from being a captivating, engaging speaker, his knowledge of and passion for the human side of security awareness, especially the part wherein the human doing the work on the computer or mobile device isn't a faulty machine component to be punished and replaced, but a person with an opportunity to learn more about their own psychology and someone who with certain insights about their interaction with the technical space can navigate it with less trepidation and uncertainty. Uh, those are ideas that were very appealing and exciting to me. So this is something we at InfoSec are passionate about as well. So I'm looking forward to learning more about Dr. Huffman's security journey, his passion for cybersecurity awareness, and perhaps some more strategies we can implement in our own online life to avoid some of the worst case scenarios that all start with that one ill-advised click. Dr. Huffman, thank you for joining me today. Welcome to CyberWork. Uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I appreciate it. Uh, very, very glad to have you. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. So we always like to start out with the sort of uh, superhero backstories. Where did you first get interested in computers and tech? And, and uh, when did you first get excited about IT and information security as a calling? What was the initial draw? Um, it was as a kid, actually. Uh, my mm -hmm. dad, I, a lot of credit goes to him because my dad was a, well, yeah, he retired recently. So he was a software engineer mm -hmm. and he always had these computers and I would always try to try to play with them, yep. um, build, uh, build one, take components out when I shouldn't have, you know, gotten a lot of trouble during that time. Oh yeah. But <laughs> it, it resonated with me. Um, but the moment clicked was when I had two computers and I was able to get one file to send from one computer to, to another. What, what, year would, mind. I was, what year would have this have been? Is that that seems common now, but what, what year would that have been? Oh gosh. Uh that was probably early 90s. Yeah. Was, yeah. Okay. Pretty, That's uh, huge. Pretty then. Young, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty young at the time. So it was I er, Yeah, you might have well built built a bridge across the Grand Canyon for as far as that was at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're right. And when yeah. I when I got when I when I was able to get that to happen. It mm -hmm. just blew my mind. And I, yeah. I was hooked. I was like, Hey, I, I was, I was in, I'm one of the unique people that have it. I've never changed industries really. Mm -hmm. um, it's I've either been in it cyber or teaching it cyber. Um, so, and I don't, I don't think I'm ever moving. I don't think I'm yeah. moving on from this. It's, it's too much fun. It's too too much to learn, too much, uh, too impactful uh, yeah. for all communities involved. There's always a new insight around the corner. 
Oh, definitely. Okay, so well, uh, uh, to to that point, with with so many of our guests, I, I find that a LinkedIn profile is worth a thousand words of biography, and yours is especially interesting. So, from 2007 through 2015, you worked as a technician and IT project manager at Walgreens, natural starting point. But from there, you spent several years in higher education as a curriculum director and then as an associate dean for College America and Independence University, respectively. Was there a tech cybersecurity component to those jobs, or were you? entering a career pivot at that point? Because after that, you became an instructor with cybersecurity education group SecureSet. So did this time in higher education influence the education you picked up and, and provide to others now? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, being being with Walgreens was uh, the time of my life. It was, it was fun. I was able to grow, meet a lot of cool people, mm-hmm. um, do a lot of cool things, and definitely sharpen up my skills. Um, but when I started to get into the, the education side, I wanted to just impart a little bit of what I knew onto onto others as well. So spent time in the classroom teaching, ended Mm -hmm. up growing in that role more than I could ever uh, imagine because I started off as an adjunct. So I just wanted to teach at night, fell in love with it. I was like, hey, this is actually amazing. I'm talking IT and cyber to people that want to listen to IT and cyber rather than, you know, business minded individuals that had no idea, didn't even care what I was saying. And so I, I fell in love with that, ended up growing in that role uh, and becoming an uh, an associate dean. So it was a career pivot, but I picked up a lot. Um, being able to, to teach, hopefully, I, I would imagine everyone should at some point, being able to teach helps you be able to train. Um, yes. Because if you can teach someone, you can train someone. And so taking that time into education and getting back into the industry now um, has helped me tremendously, has mm. definitely helped me out and helped me grow as I achieve my master's degree and t- uh, achieve my doctorate. Uh, being in the education forum, I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I absolutely love it. Fantastic. And so you, when you were curriculum director, was that specifically for for sort of tech tech curriculum or was it for the entire curriculum of the school? Tech curriculum. OK, um, that, okay. That's, that's 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 that, that was, was. That, that was the missing piece that I was missing, because I it sounded like you were just going into sort of general higher ed. And so you were like managing the English department, the history department. All that stuff. But, no, okay. no. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, gosh, I couldn't do that. No OK, way. OK. <laughs> Fantastic. So, okay, so that that make, that, that that gives us a, a much uh, smoother arc in terms of your job journey here. So, uh, you, obviously, if you look at your resume again on on LinkedIn, you have a number of jobs and work areas happening at all times these days. You know, and so it's like you have a lot of things that say up to present. So, can you sort of break that down and and tell us all about your current activities, be it teaching, speaking engagements, entrepreneurial activities, or research projects? Yeah, very uh, very fortunate to to be given to the community in a multitude of ways. So one, one area, one thing that I'm doing now actually is ex- exciting. I'm a track coach. So oh, cool. I coach, yeah. I coach sprints at a, at a local high school here in Colorado have, have a ton of fun uh, doing that. I'll do that forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm also the IT director at BombBomb, which is a SaaS company, a software mm-hmm. as a service uh, company. So help lead the IT and InfoSec information security departments there, trying to grow those departments. Um, when things happen uh, uh, across the platform, I know like recently we got Okta and all that, you know, mm-hmm. that impacts me on the daily. So we're helping yeah. move and pivot from uh, from those attacks. Um, yes. Was fortunate, very fortunate enough to be on the Barcel 
uh, mm-hmm. for the U.S. Army for a for ASAL, which is a, a research and development, uh, a bunch of scholars getting together to help um, the ASAL, which is a presidentially appointed position for for the army, um, mm-hmm. help him or her uh, do their job more efficiently and help him or her um, understand what's going on now from a research perspective so they can make better and sound the uh, decisions to a small degree. You know, I'm a small, mm-hmm. small part of a okay. very, very large team that are doing some absolutely phenomenal things, uh, but just fortunate uh, to be elected. Um, into into the bar so um yeah. a mayor's young leader uh sorry sorry not a mayor's young leader our mayor's young leader award winner but i'm also oh. a, a colorado springs uh mayor civic leader fellow uh, okay to help uh to help my local community just try uh, to mm-hmm. work with the mayor um talk about some difficult conversations mm-hmm. and make a positive impact that's that's what i'm all about I love that. Okay. Um, without breaking any NDAs or anything, can you talk a little bit about your work with the the, the Octa Breach? Is there anything uh, like what what is your what is your your portion of the sort of uh, rebuilding here or the sort of recovery? Um, at at Bomb Bomb, fortunately, we're not. We were thinking about using Octa, but we did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, nevertheless, anytime something like that happens, what we're what we're looking at is. Are we going to be a third, fourth, or fifth party to have some type of impact there? Like, which, who do we partner? Which one of our partners utilize Okta? And how could some of, uh, how could the software we create potentially be impacted? Got it. Doing a risk assessment, vulnerability assessment, figure out like, hey, is this something we really need to be concerned about? Okay. If it is, let's move forward. If it's not, then, hey, we're, we're good. Okay, so you're you're kind of manning the lines in case you start getting some uh, some nervous phone calls from your clients, like, "Oh God, <laughs> does this affect me?" Yeah. Oh, definitely, oh, definitely, <laughs> okay. All, okay. All, all the time. You gotta gotta be able to provide guidance yes. um, at ever every turn you possibly care. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as I said in the intro, uh, the the main theme I wanted to talk about in today's episode is security awareness social engineering and the way that fishers aren't hacking machines, they're hacking people. So you gave a TED talk on this topic in 2019. And again, you talked some about this at our Inspire conference last year. Thank you for that. Uh, it's a standard thing to say uh, these days that that the human is the weakest part of the security of a computer network. And, you know, I suppose that's technically true, but it also kind of puts a premium on using fear and shame as drivers to keep users vigilant in their daily work routines, which might not be the best method. So can you talk about some of the focus of your, your TED talk and your own personal research uh, into the psychology of why we click the link when our rational brain would otherwise tell us not to? Yeah, the the big portion of that, uh, when I started doing this research, um, if you look at the trajectory of successful attacks, mm-hmm. um, and it just continuously rises. But if you look at the trajectory of innovation in technology or innovation in information yeah. security, it's continuing to rise. So any sane researcher or any sane person would think what you are doing is not helping. What you're doing is actually hurting, uh, which we know is not to be always, it's not totally accurate. What we're Mm -hmm. doing is helping, but what's the commonality there? The commonality is people. The commonality is us. Um, Everything has changed around the environment, the digital environment, you know, Mm -hmm. protocols, uh, websites, even cables and standardizations, all those have changed. We've remained the same. And so that problem remained consistent. So I started researching into 
us researching into people from a generalistic perspective, not because I'm a male and there's a female or I'm black and you're white or anything like that. Mm -hmm. From a physiological, biological perspective, why do we all, we all seem to have this one common uh, trait where if I was to ask you for your credit card information right now, the answer 99.9% because there's probably someone out there that would say yes, Mm -hmm. but everyone would say no. However, if I reach you digitally, if I was happen to send you a message or digitally try to socially engineer you, I would be far more successful uh, in that, in that likeness. So that, that caused me just to barrel down into the neuroscience behind people and the psychology with people and how do these things continuously happen and why aren't we seeing the trend go, go the other way? Because we've shamed people, uh, as you alluded to, we shamed people so far to say like stupid user. And Mm -hmm. we haven't really understand like who are the users? Like we're, we're the users uh, as well. And we're all falling into the same problem. No matter what industry, no matter what uh, the size of your organization, we Mm -hmm. all share this one common thing. And so at a basic, at a basic level, that's the genesis of of the research and why I continue to to do what I do because I I believe uh, wholeheartedly people are the weakest link, mm-hmm. uh, but I believe wholeheartedly that people also are our biggest strength. Yeah. And so if we are if we're able to utilize the strength in the, our collective strength to deductively reason our way through these attacks, we'll be far in a far better place mm-hmm. than, um, then than we are right now. So with all of our users, I we have to empower them as a IT director, information security director. There's, there's plenty of technology I can put in place, but then there's also things that I can't do anything about. If someone happens to open the front door to the house and allow someone to walk in, it doesn't matter what security system I have, Mm -hmm. they're going to be able to walk in. And so I empower and I employ, I, I encourage everyone else to empower your users as you're as you're conducting security training and security awareness and let them know that, hey, if they want to see us fail, they can do that. You know, hey, by all means, you can do that. If you want to see us succeed, though, it's going to take it's going to take their their effort and their help uh, to do that. Yeah. So usually this is the part of the show where I talk about the most persistent and upsetting threats to the cybersecurity landscape. But in the case of this talk. Obviously, the, the the topic isn't going to be the sneakiest piece of ra- ransomware or the most evasive worm or vitor, virus, but the subtleties of social engineering, as you said. So based on your research, what are some of the most common types of deception or social engineering tricks that you see as particularly pernicious or su- susceptible? Oh, there's a ton. There, yeah. there's, there's, an a- there's an absolute ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to make this clear, it's kind of how the, the attacker impacts people. Um, right. Psychologically... The goal for the attacker is to get your attention and to influence your behavior. And so how do they how do they do that is utilizing a few principles of influence. Uh, everyone has these principles of influence. And one of the strongest ones that that is out there is a principle of liking. So if you see someone that you like, they will influence your behavior. So if you mm-hmm. see your, your favorite pop star, your favorite yeah. movie star, you'll probably run up to him or her, jump up and down like, oh, my God, shake their hand, hug them, 
yep. whatever, whatever you do. However, you see me walk down the street. You're not doing that. Like you're, you're not, you're not going to do this. <laughs> I am, <right>? but <laughs> <laughs> now I know you're a star, but no, you go, <laughs> but that's a hypothetical. So please go on. <laughs> so as, as the, as they utilize this principle of influence to yeah. impact your behavior, like in a digital setting, how would this happen? Mm-hmm. This would happen by spoofing. So mm-hmm, by spoofing, mm-hmm. you see a name of your CEO, it'll influence your behavior. It could be yeah. the principle of liking, like, hey, I like the CEO. Or it could be the principle of authority. Like, yes. uh, I'm scared of yeah. the CEO. Yeah, and my, so my CEO there. never contacts me. This must be really important. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In, during uh, 2020, mid-pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, we saw this at a higher scale where people were fearful of the principle of authority because so many people were being laid off. So the CEO spoof held a significant amount of weight that the CEO spoof Mm -hmm. uh, began to really take off and how these people are beginning to do this. And this goes further than, Hey, uh, read the email header or something like that. No, when you see that name by biologically, you see the name, you read the name, you understand the name, and then you begin to read. And as you begin to read, the default voice you read in is your own voice. And so as you read in your own voice, you're reading in a common voice, a liked voice, which is your own, unless you intimately or very closely know that name. Then you begin to read in their voice and you begin Mm, to read in mm -hmm. their cadence. So if you don't believe me, if like, how in the hell would this even happen? Have you ever read a book and then think, then watch the movie? And you hate the movie because the person didn't look or sound like they did in the book. Because as you read the book, you created this character in your head. And so as you read, as you see the movie, you're like, she doesn't sound like that. That is not how that happened at all. Every (laughs) time. And then counterpoint, I don't watch the movie before I read the book because then I can't hear the voice in my head as anything other than the actor. (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's, that's how it happens to Every one of us Mm -hmm. in the same biological principles hold weight as we read emails. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. as attackers begin to break people down, it's all a psychological compromise. So we've heard of the, the scam that's out there that, hey, I need you to go to the store, buy 10 iTunes gift cards. Yeah. Scratch off the back, send them, like take a picture of them, send them to me. You realize how many steps that is. Yeah. Uh, And I'm not calling those people stupid or illogical. It's just one of those principles of influence impacted so hard that you could not see anything else. You just started to act and you just kept acting and you kept doing it and you Mm -hmm. send and -hmm. you send that information over and there's nothing in there's a lot wrong with it, but it can get everybody, which is why with open source intelligence, as we give so much of ourselves out there mm-hmm. to the Internet, it makes this a little bit easier. Yeah. So they can right click and save as a picture of of a loved one and mm-hmm. pretend to be that person. Yep. They can follow you if they really, really, really wanted to. Not many people do this, but they can follow you on LinkedIn or they can follow you on Facebook or Twitter and understand how you write. If they're going after a CEO, if your CEO listen to this and uh, your company's growing, it could happen to you. Mm -hmm. They can just follow and see how you write, begin to write like you write, 
and send that information over to one of your to one of your coworkers or one of the people that work with you, and they're going to believe that it's you. And with the new browser to browser attack, speaking of new technical attacks, the new browser to browser attack allows attackers to spoof a domain to the point where it's like yeah. damn near undetectable. Absolutely. Yeah, that's frightening. Yeah. And so it's hard. It's hard to catch it. But when it comes to people, it's all a, a psychological attack. It's all a yeah. physiological uh, attack on a, um, in a in a personal, realistic face-to-face perspective. Um, yeah. Imagine this. I was born, born and raised Southern Baptist, a Southern Baptist woman. I mm-hmm. uh, love my mom to death. And so yep. what I was taught, you hold the door open for everybody. Yep. Like you hold the door and you definitely hold the door open for a woman. Yep. However, in a security instance, yeah. you don't want to hold the door open for anybody. And it's so hard for me, even when I'm working with the government, it's so hard for me to let that door close in front of a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, you know what? You're going to have to badge in. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you you kind of look them in the eye and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, clunk. <laughs> oh. Terrible feeling. Terrible feeling. <laughs> you better get Definitely. used to that uncomfortableness because it's important. <laughs> Definitely. And so as we as we begin to to embark deeper into this digital realm security we have to let the door clo- uh let the door close mm-hmm. and also in a social engineering perspective from a digital perspective uh there's times where you have to go against that that helpful factor that you have that you constantly have in in your heart because mm-hmm. you're like hey i just want to i just want to help this person out yeah. they're preying on that they're yeah. they're 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 preying on that. They're pre- they're preying on what makes you a good person. Mm-hmm. They want to use that against you. Everything that you do yeah. can and will be used against you. Yeah, the combination of of I want to help and also what what's the harm? You know, just this one time. You know, and and you know we know <laughs> the harm is <laughs> definitely. So, um, can you talk about change? Uh, you know, we've we've sort of talked about the the problems here. Can you talk about changing security mindsets or learning new habits that can make these types of attacks easier to navigate? Yeah, it's going to, in a collective sense, um, in my heart, unfortunately, I believe it's just going to, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're, we're learning how to interact um, in this digital landscape. We're, we're really learning how to interact. Uh, Zoom or Teams or any kind of video, FaceTime, any type of video is helpful for us because this is more like talking in front of one another. Mm-hmm. However, you take that away. Um, it's really difficult for us as people to understand how how to interact. And so part of me feels that this is just going to take a little bit of time. Um, and another analogy for you is that if you've ever read a text message from a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, um, and you misinterpret it and you thought they were mad at you the entire day, mm-hmm. come to find out they weren't mad at you the entire day. That's how far we need to come. We still yes. just can't read a message and understand the context. Yes. So we've tried to assist ourselves by using like emojis and emoticons. Like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. smiley yeah. face, I'm joking here. Because yes. you may not get that context. So we're we're really learning as a community, as a, as a digital society, we're really learning how to interact with one another yep. uh, in this in this way. But for a security awareness uh, side of things, if you're a security professional figuring out like, well, it's all doom and gloom. It's just going to take time. No, it's it's there's things we can do. Mm-hmm. If you run a phishing campaign, run instead of just failing people, 
talk to them, mm-hmm. understand why did they click? How, why did they click on this particular phishing scam, but they mm-hmm. didn't click on the other phishing scam. So you can better understand the person because yeah. there's two types of appraisals you need to understand, not for everyone, but for probably the key players in your organization, the C-levels, the C- the VPs and the senior directors and those alike. Mm-hmm. If you need to understand their threat appraisal, how are they vulnerable? Mm-hmm. And then do a coping appraisal. If they were to click, if they were to do something, are they going to react in a way that aligns with policy or not? Mm-hmm. If they will not, then you're 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 missing it. For uh, for example, I do a ton of fishing campaigns, just mm-hmm. okay. all day, every day. I'm yeah. doing yeah. I'm doing fishing campaigns. That's just mm-hmm. part of my research. Okay. And so as I fish a, a VP or something like that. There were there are a few times if I go back to something we all relate to 2020. I'm still mm-hmm. the we're world still, gets locked. We're still there, honestly. <laughs> definitely, definitely. World's locked down. Yep. Everyone's panicking. I'm panicking a little bit, but I'm like, yo, I can research. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I fish a lot of people utilizing uh the current pandemic as as leverage because that's yep. how the attackers are attacking us. Yeah. And there were many cases when I do a semi-structured interview where I'm talking to the people that clicked and I hear things like, you spoof the CEO, the CEO scares me and I'm scared to lose my job. So I'm going to do anything that the CEO wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So in turn, just internalize things like that and think, well, stupid users just don't do it. That doesn't work. No. So no. I go, I then go talk to Mr. Mrs. CEO and I say, hey, can you put something out to put your team at ease? Because they're fearful for their jobs right now. That is not a technology vulnerability. That's mm-hmm. a humanistic vulnerability. Yeah. And the only way we can, quote unquote, patch that the human patching is by by addressing it personally. And so mm-hmm. the CEO they would address the team and put a lot of people at ease. Like, hey, we're financially, we're doing great. There are no, there are no layoffs coming up in the, in the foreseeable future. And so that vulnerability doesn't then just get collapsed because yeah. people will be like, ah, you know what, they're lying or whatever. But most people would say, okay, I feel a little bit better about that. So the next time I see something like that, I know mm-hmm. that most likely that is, that's not truthful. Um, as as things we can do, if you're conducting a phishing campaign or if you're conducting a social engineering campaign to see how you can break into um, a facility or something like that within within your own organization. After the people click, after the people are full, talk to them, understand, understand the person and why they clicked on this one and not the other one. Because I mm-hmm. guarantee you they didn't click on every single one of them. If yeah. they clicked on every single one of them, that's a problem. <laughs> We need, but if we need to talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> if they didn't click every single one of them, ask them, why did they click this one? Yep. Yep. And then understand the person, try to patch or try to help them understand the, the dynamics and how they're being compromised. Because what would compromise you will not compromise me for, mm-hmm. uh, for the most likely. If someone sends me, I'm a I'm a big sports fan. So if mm-hmm. someone sends me like some breaking NFL trade or something like that, or NBA yeah. trade, I'm more likely to to, to click on it. Click through just it. Yeah. That's just what I'm that's what I'm interested in. Not everybody's not everybody's interested in that. Right. If 
we preach in our organization diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And we understand we want a diverse population. If we preach that, why are we training our people the same way? Yeah. When we know that everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Why are we treating them all the same and putting them in the same box for security? But we understand that each person is unique and different and we're mm-hmm. inclusive to everyone because their uniqueness and their differences are what we need to hire because we're better. If we firmly wholeheartedly believe that, and I think we do, we need to stop training, training people the same way and treating them as like the human vulnerability. Everyone falls for the same thing. You're stupid yeah. because you fall for it. And it's just because you're you fell for it. No, we're all more unique than that. So we got to take an extra step forward in understanding the person. Sorry for the long-winded answer. No, I love it. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, one one thing I wanted to to, to add to that, if you don't mind, is um, I feel like I've seen credit card companies and other ones are using this this particular communication line to defense. I think it would really work in corporate situations too, where you would lay out how you would be contacted by. You know, if you were to be contacted by your CEO, it would only be through this channel. I'm only going to call you. I'm only going to visit your desk. And obviously, that's different with people working from home in large numbers right now and stuff. But like when you see that note that says PayPal is never going to ask you for your your vital contacts through email, Amazon's never going to do that. Like that's a, I think that's a really good sort of patch on some of some of this stuff because a lot of times no one wants to. You know, you hear the stories about plane crashes where like the co-pilot didn't want to sort of like be disrespectful and say, oh, I think I see something wrong here or whatever. So there's there's so many little sort of social cues that that, as you I think you uh, said perfectly, can be sort of tinkered with in ways so that people can be put at ease a little bit. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It would it would. It would help um, mm-hmm. if there is a chosen avenue of communication. And that's yeah. that's what's that's what to be expected. That would help uh, tremendously. Uh, Hopefully a lot of organizations follow follow suit with that. Um, but if not, you know, we just got to get a little bit. We got to understand how how to communicate digitally yeah. a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I'm bad at it. It's not like I'm perfect at it. I yeah. misread context all the time. Mm-hmm. We, we see misinformation all the time online, um, whether it's uh, something government politically or uh, uh, oriented, even sports realm, people put out fake things all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see that misinformation. Um, Unfortunately, when it comes time to intelligence for intelligence gathering or understanding information, uh, people, we take it one step further because there's a, there's a phenomena that, that I coined human factor authentication is when you see the name, you Mm -hmm. understand the name, you trust the name because that person is trusted in your life. The information from them becomes trusted to you. So this is why we see, I'll go to the outlandish. Why you see random memes out there says, Hey, on October 31st, there's going to be four new moons in the sky for the first time in 10,000 years. Yeah. And people are, some people are just taking and running with it. Uh Uh, It's because some of that, not to the extreme, but possibly to something more, more Mm -hmm. lighthearted, of course, but they would see who that information came from and they're going to run with that. And if I was to tell you, you know what? That ain't true. That's not that's not even going to come close to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm telling you the information is false. I'm telling you your your mother, your father, your your brother, your sister who posted it that they're wrong. And yes. in your mind, you're calling my mom wrong. <laughs> the hell <laughs> right, with right. that. 
they're yeah. not wrong. And so yeah. that's that's how we're starting to internalize some of this information sure. in this digital environment and without knowing it. Like some people are like, no, it's got to be right. You know, mama said it. It's kind of like the mm-hmm. water boy. And it's like, mama's wrong again. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, she ain't. Yeah. <laughs> so we just have to we have to get better understanding um, where information is coming from, how information, how are we how are we individually internalizing this information, whether it's be from a, a social scam or whether it be from a phishing attack or whether it just be from general intelligence gathering or information gathering? Uh, we're kind of all over the place right now uh, as as people. We're really all over the place. Eric, you 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 inadvertently jumped perfectly into the next question that I wanted to ask you by bringing bringing family into it. So now that now that we've got our office cyber savvy and ready for anything, do you have any advice for how to get our parents, family members and friends on the same trade, even if they're not in tech forward jobs? I you know because I think it you know for those of us who do tech and tech adjacent things who are on our laptops all day, like you you internalize a certain amount of this this security awareness. Uh, and then you go, you come home for for visits or for the holidays or whatever, and you become it's you know I I call Thanksgiving you know Tech Amnesty Day you know or you you help your your parents like download all the firmware on their computer and stuff. But you know if you're you're trying to explain to them why they you know that 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 coupon to that golf shop isn't real or whatever, do you have any advice for being the security awareness evangelist for your social and family circles? Um, first of all. It's a horrible job to have. I have that same job. Good <laughs> yeah. Luck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Good luck. But uh, also, it's uh, take the com- take the complex and make it human. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand each other. Where we understand human, like the the psychological sides of some things. Um, take the technology if they're if they're falling victim or you're fearful of scams. Um, take the instance rather than say, Hey, this is a phishing attack. This is, you know, read the email header and things like that, that some of that will, will resonate. Some of it will be uh, a little bit more difficult for that person to Mm -hmm. really, Mm -hmm. to really understand. So take that and make it and make it human. Um, so I talk to talk to my mother uh, very frequently, and she's an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. She's yeah. an extrovert. She, the Southern Baptist woman, beautiful, yeah. and she just wants to feed everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I remember after I graduated with my PhD, we were at Kohl's. She loves Kohl's, and so mm-hmm. we're we're going to shop. And I was going to buy her some shoes or something like that, yep. or she was going to buy me something. You know, that's that's Mama. And mm-hmm. so she, as we're walking, she's like, "Hey." Like, hey, my baby just graduated from and just got his doctorate. He just did this. He just did. I'm like, mom, stop talking to these people. You don't know these people. (laughs) And and so that same, but it's not like online, that personality trait turns off. And so when she's online, I'm, I talked to her about some of the, the scams and some of the people that are trying to reach her out there. And it's just like, hey, they're, they're preying on this personality trait you have, you know, that you want to feed everybody, you love everybody, you're, you're talking to everybody. Yeah. Well, this is, this is why you feel that way. This is why you want to go forward. This is why you want to communicate with that person. Uh, Make sure you don't make sure you, you read the information. If it's spam or if it's fake, you think it's fake, just delete it. Um, Delete first, ask questions later. If it comes back in again, you Mm -hmm. might want to read it again, but delete first and then call your son (laughs) ask him yeah (laughs) definitely take take some of the tech i got nothing but time to to have my my mom read me emails that she got that look suspicious or you know (laughs) pop up came up yeah yeah definitely 
take the technology, make it, try to make it, try to make it human. Mm-hmm. Don't, um, the hard thing a lot of us try to do, my, even myself, I try to do it, uh, take the technology, well, take the people and turn them into technologists. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they they won't. We're going to be so far behind anyway, like because your your family, my family, they may not read cyber news every day. So every <laughs> sure three <don't>. months, <laughs> I got a whole list of new attacks to train them on. Yeah, because they're not st- they're they're not going to keep up with that. Like there's there's no there's no need to the got to lower that expectation. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand, you got to reach out to them and convey to them like this is how they're trying to impact you this is how yeah. they're trying to reach you from a humanistic side because the attacks change every single day every single month uh but the attack methods the psychological methods they're trying to reach you they're they're okay. they're, they're the same there's, there's yeah that's no that's, distance. that's the difference between you know the sort of the dichotomy of you know book smarts versus horse sense you know like we have to be book smart because we're in the industry and you have to keep up on these things but as long as you have a little horse sense you know like yeah don't click on that thing or and i imagine with a personality as, as as with your mom i imagine one that's especially susceptible would be like the social engineering or the uh social media sort of like tell me where you were from what was your pet's first name and those kind of things because you're extroverted. You want to tell people about it and you want to read what they have to say and stuff. Now, I've always wondered because, you know, obviously that's a huge red flag if you're in security. But do those types of um, because they're so diffuse, those kind of social engineering attacks where it's like, I'm just going to sort of send this chain letter style around Facebook. Do do you know if a lot of like information, useful information gets harvested that way? Because I mean, not everyone's going to, you know, have their first pet as their, you know, their prompt question and stuff. But do, are there like use cases where that's really worked? Do you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah there's, it is. OK. Yeah, there there's there's tons. Um, OK. And so uh, a lot of that is just information gathering on, on the person. But mm-hmm. as you as you state, sometimes you're just casting you're casting a broad net. Yeah. Uh, and as many people are trying to reach you as, as possible, uh, just put in notion that like distance is dead. Mm-hmm. There's a death of distance. Yeah. Distance is dead. And so what they're what they're attempting to do, there's use cases where people have collected as many as much information as they can. Try to change the password for, to someone's account and due to whatever they filled out. They they can possibly they can possibly do so. Mm-hmm. The information that is collected during a lot of those, it's it's not collected just for this one particular person. Yep. Um, it's collected for thousands of people, possibly mm-hmm. millions of people, and they box that up. They're able to sort of sort the 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 answers to the names. I, I imagine. Yeah, they they mm-hmm. box that up, mm-hmm. and then they wow. they sell it. And so oh, what yeah. you can what you can do. You can purchase a data breach for mm-hmm. usernames and passwords, but then you can purchase mm. uh, not a data breach. You can pro- purchase a data dump yep. of possible uh, prompt uh, prompt questions and answers. And so if you have the data breach with this username or this email address, and then you have the the questions of potential answers for this username uh this email address you might have the keys to uh, the keys to the castle for mm-hmm. someone's bank account information or something like that now um speaking personally do you feel like you've you've gotten through to your mother with these the i mean you know it's it's a it's a constant process but do you feel like she's she's more savvy than she was when you first started telling her you know no mom don't do this yeah definitely okay, uh, get, good. Get it, is, it is sticking yeah 
definitely gets a getting a getting a little bit better every 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 holiday. Mm-hmm, every time I mm-hmm. see her, we're we're getting we're getting a little bit better. But yeah, it's um, and I think most people around the organizations I worked with, hopefully they're getting they're getting better as well. Um, about under understanding self and understanding why you feel the way you feel. Because mm-hmm. um, if if you're comfortable, if you're too comfortable, understand you're hackable. Um, yeah. If you're if you're up and you're more engaged and and your 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 senses are heightened, you're less hackable at that point in time. The more comfortable you are, the more hackable you yeah. are. Yeah, uh, the more under pressure you are, the more hackable you are. Um, and so, understanding self, having situational awareness, a lot of those things you can get. Those are skills you can get better at. And understanding understanding self, understanding situations, we can. Those are fine-tuned skills that in a multitude of situations we've proven we can get better at. So I'm doing those same things just in a digital environment. And we're getting a little bit better. Still have a little ways to go, but yeah. we're getting a little bit better. I, at this point, I've pretty much uh, uh, conditioned my mom to not click on anything. So I guess I'll take that as a partial victory, like including actual important updates. So unfortunately, she's like, you know, she's like, malware by wants to update. I didn't click it. I'm like... One good, but two, I'm I'm on my way over. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Whatever works, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's pro. That's progress. Yeah, that's yeah. progress. Yeah. So, as, as you know, the title of the, the show is Cyber Work, and so we want to talk about the sort of work of this. So, from a work span, uh, standpoint, do you have any tips or advice for listeners who might be students or cybersecurity career aspirants who might want to work in security awareness, preventing social engineering attacks, or even threat research, where would you, where would you start in 2022 on, on that type of a career journey? Um, stay curious. That's my, my biggest word of advice. Stay, uh, stay curious and don't accept, don't accept the norm as the norm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, practice. Uh, if you want to, if you want to be a researcher, have build a, a build a home lab, um, and just start practicing. Um, mm-hmm. That's the best, the best thing you can do. There's a ton of online, uh, online resources out there. Um, <laughs> some through uh, the InfoSec Institute. Uh, there's also Try Hack Me and a bunch of yep. other websites. Uh, familiarize yourself with those. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then just start, start staying curious. Cause if I was to say, study this one thing right now. Yeah. Two years from now, that thing's obsolete. Yep. Um, and understand if you're curious and if you want to get in the industry, please keep in mind that you're preparing yourself for an industry in which landscape you don't know will exist. So mm-hmm. yeah. just that that constant that constant learning. If you're if you have a hard time consistently learning and reading new things, um, it's going to be very hard to stay current in this industry. And so start now. Just, I would say, just start now. If you're care, if you want mm-hmm. to get into this industry, yeah, dude, start now. The yeah. best part about this industry, it refreshes itself, damn near entirely every five years. Yeah, I, five I years, was just gonna yeah. say, as someone who started studying in 2017, how could they even imagine what 2022 would look like? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like right yeah. now, I'm I'm thinking of what I learned way way back. Uh, it's just. Some of it is good, great foundational knowledge. Yep. I'm not saying like don't understand OSI model or TCP IP or the three-way sure. handshake or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You have to understand 
some of the foundational pieces there. But a lot of that top level stuff from a research perspective, dude, I I don't know what I'm going to be researching in the next two years. Uh, so yeah. I'm preparing myself for a job that may not even exist right now. My future mm-hmm. job may not even exist right now. And so if you ha- if you understand that, you stand, you stand, uh, you stand a chance because curiosity wins in this industry. Um, those that those that are curious, those that are motivated, they win. Yeah. Now, uh, to to that end, I'd be you know because I think soft skills are important as well. Can you talk about uh, you know uh, laying your hands on everything and researching is is amazing advice and staying curious? Can you talk to, at all about the documentation process? Because like one, I think it helps you to sort of clarify what you actually learned, but also. I think by documenting it well, you show potential employers that you can communicate with anybody and stuff. Do you have any sort of tips for the way you do reporting or are there particular report types out there that you can sort of use as like a a blueprint that, you know, I think would help you? Um, Read a lot of white papers Mm -hmm. and start to write some. Uh, okay. Start, start, start to write some doc, but you're right. Documentation is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, in the job, documentation is everything. Oh my gosh. Uh, mm-hmm. if I'm go, I'm going through it right now. You know, just documentation is everything. Uh, compliance, uh, you gotta, you gotta get through compliance to some degree, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, um, docu- documentation is, is absolutely everything. So start reading, start writing. Um, if you have, if you have a good log, a good log book, not just talking about digital logs from Splunk or log rhythm or something like that. Right. Uh, but if you just keep a research or a journal or a log of what you've done and what you have and what you have been doing, um, man, it goes, it goes a long way. Cause I'll tell you in the job now, um, if you can't document, uh, it's, oh dude, I, yeah, I, you're, I, I would in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't hire you. Yeah. Um, right. Cause it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's critical to be able to, to look back at historical information or to look back at information that's a couple months old and yeah. understand what this process is supposed to be, what the policy is supposed to be, what the compliance framework is supposed to be, mm-hmm. uh, what were the findings from this particular incident. If you're just going through incidents and you're not conducting like a post-mortem or a post, uh, a post-assessment from the incident, dude oh yeah. my gosh that's yeah. so yeah. that's that's horrific that's a horrific reality yeah. to be in yeah and i i imagine uh, if you know a sort of a map of all these white papers it almost kind of gives you like a history book of cybersecurity attacks if you if you understand all these contexts it's like a, a law student reading you know case law from the 1850s or whatever you know like it's still going to be useful 10 years down the road to know that this particular type of attack worked really well in 2022 during the pandemic and stuff like that. Oh, definitely. Cause there's some things, some things come back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they yeah. come back, but they, they'll look, uh, they'll look a little bit different. So mm-hmm. if you look at variants of ransomware, variants of ransomware, you're like, Hey, I've seen something like this before. You start reading it or like Emotet. You're like, Hey, I like, I think I've seen this before. Yeah. And you know, it's been around for been, been around for a while. You can understand this is what we did then, and it might help now. Like mm-hmm. um, Spectre and Meltdown, like, and we're starting to see things with different chips right now. Different. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I won't say if it's uh, the red or the blue or if it's uh, ARM or something like that, but we're right. seeing different attacks on chips right now. And collectively in the industry, we're like, we've seen this before. Oh, yeah. Spectre and Meltdown. 
But yeah. it's part two. Like, what the hell did we mm-hmm. do last time and how can mm-hmm. we fix it this time? Amazing. Um, so, yeah, understanding understanding that and just through documentation. Uh, without documentation, I would not be where I am right now because yeah. a lot of people have documented a lot of things for me to help me out. And so I hope that's exciting to, uh, you know, to hear for potential students, because, you know, we're asking you to climb a very big mountain of information here, uh, you know, to even get your, you know, get to the first, uh, you know, to use a a metaphor, like to the to the first, uh, you know, um, Mount Everest, you know, rest station or whatever. But, you know, if you know that you're sort of like all the stuff that you're learning is going to is going to sort of like create like a record of, you know, modern history of cybersecurity, ultimately, especially if you contribute to it, uh, I would hope that would help, you know, sort of like show you the importance of it. And it's, you're not just doing it for a paycheck and you're not just doing it because, you know, your mom's about to kick you out if you don't get a job or something like that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, um, I'm looking behind my monitor because I have a bunch of books back there that, you know, that I've had previously mm-hmm. and I continuously, continuously read, but there's plenty of times where, Something will happen and you're like, I, I think I've seen this. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and you just want to, it'll help you resolve, help you resolve incidents faster. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the big, the best thing you can do. Um, incidents will happen. Um, it may not be a full on data breach, but incidents will happen. And the quicker you can resolve those, the better, the better you are. Um, if it's taking you a month or even two weeks to resolve an incident, geez. Um, it's going to be hard to show that security in that organization is holding a lot of value. Mm-hmm. The value in security is not just preventing breaches or preventing incidents from occurring, but it's resolving incidents and getting back to normal business uh, structure and business behaviors quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, like the average day from data detection, from data breach to data detection is like 90 days right now, which yeah. is completely Imagine going into a shopping mall yeah. and they say, hey, you got 90 days to take what you want. We would have the carpet out, <laughs> yeah. that, out yes. that place. Right. That's how long it's taking uh-huh. us to, to, from <laughs> date from the breach to detection is 90 yeah. days. So we need to shrink that down. And with other incidents, um, my team, very fortunate. My team's absolutely star studded. I love my team. Yeah. Love it's it. just a matter of matter of hours for the most part, just a matter of hours, mm-hmm. well, not from data breach to detection, but from incidents. Like, hey, we got an incident this morning. Hopefully tonight it's done. Like it's done and we're back to normal. Um, that's where a lot of value is. And if you don't have the historical information to come from to even recognize what the hell you're dealing with, mm-hmm. good luck resolving that in a couple <laughs> hours. It might take you yeah. a couple of days, it might take you a week, which is... Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay, but eventually that will become unacceptable. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, so as we, this is amazing. So thank you again for your time today. As we wrap up today, Dr. Hoffman, can you tell us about your, your new podcast? Have you called Mike Check? Who, who are your guests? Are there, is there a theme to the show? Is there any episode that you'd recommend as a starting point? Hey, I appreciate that. Um, actually, sure. I apologize for the, for the correction, but it's the Mike Club. Mike Club. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, it's Sorry. all it's all good. No, totally yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh the the mic the mic club, uh the mic is MIC. Yep. And so it's uh for it's like minorities in cyber, but it's not just oh, for cool. minorities. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not just for minorities in cyber. Okay. Um, it's just like minority hosted. Um, yep. And then at the end of every episode, we talk about diversity and inclusion. Uh, but the theme, man, we're just bringing it. We're so fortunate right now. 
Um, like we had the CISO of HP, uh, Joanne Berkey. Mm-hmm. So she was on that. Is it a great episode to watch where she talks about the one to many attacks, like being mm-hmm. attacking mm-hmm. one particular software or one particular hardware type that thousands of organizations would have. So you do the same amount of work and you get so much more from the attacker's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the one to, one to many attacks. Uh, but we also had the former CTO of the U.S. Army, uh, wow. Dr. William Cohen. Uh, he was on the latest episodes, A.J. Nash, uh, who's a former NSA analyst. And he's talking about intelligence and counterintelligence and what is intelligence and what not is, uh, what is intelligent is not and how we're confusing those things up. Um, yeah, there the the topic the the theme of it is just mainly two well one amazing cyber professional and then myself yeah uh, which we're just talking uh we're just talking security uh, on various topics but at a layman's terms so none of it i think if a, if you're a student um you could watch it this is very accessible okay yeah yeah mm-hmm. you could watch it it's just us talking just like, dude, we're having these problems. And they're like, I'm having these problems. Yeah. Um, this is where I see the future of security. Um, a great episode to watch if you're on the offensive side is the first episode. The very first episode is with Chris Roberts. Um, mm-hmm. Chris okay. Roberts is absolutely incredible. Uh, he hacked the Mars Rover. Like that's wow. how like insane. Wow. He, and, and so he yeah. starts talking about how does he assess organizations? How does he look at, how does he talk about attacks? Um, Cause he's definitely on the red team side, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it, it's a, it's a great thing. Thank you for the opportunity for sharing that. But oh, absolutely. It's, that's fascinating. It's YouTube only. Uh, so, is it okay? Okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's a video video podcast okay. on, on YouTube just cause me being the, on the psychology side, I, per, I would prefer to watch video than yeah. anything. Um, oh, yeah. So we have it on um, we have it on YouTube. So by all means, just go so ahead. You just type in my club. You should probably be able to find it then. Yeah, yeah. You'll be able to find it. The The logo is uh, this looks like an I looks like a microphone, but it's a lowercase I. And the oh, top yeah. of it is a circuit board. Nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If you go there, by all means, please just comment down below whatever whatever you think and then um subscribe to it and just follow along it's pretty fun i enjoy it awesome and and i I wish you a lot of luck with that so finally last question for all the marbles if our listeners want to learn more about dr eric huffman and your other activities obviously they should go to my club and and uh hit the like and uh, notification button subscribe button uh but where should they go online to find out about your other activities um just follow me on linkedin you know that's 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 where I I, I do have a yeah. Twitter account, but I'm maybe I'm too old because I don't use it. Right, I don't use it as yeah, much. No, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, your your LinkedIn profile is very robust. You have it looks like you post a lot of articles there and a lot of insights and things like that. So that would be a, a good follow, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. Just follow me uh, on LinkedIn, and that's where uh, that's where okay. you'll find most uh, most of what I'm doing right now. Um, Instagram, Twitter is there, but. Uh, sure. Good luck. Uh, I'll yeah, ra- I'll yeah. rarely post there. <laughs> yeah, the low information at those points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, well, Dr. Eric Huffman, thank you so much for joining me today and and for for taking all this time to uh, to get us uh, caught up on security awareness. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
Uh, and as always, I'd like to thank everyone who is listening to and supporting the show. New episodes of the Cyberwork Podcast are available every Monday at 1 p.m. Central, both on video at our YouTube page and on audio wherever you get your downloads, uh, podcasts. Uh, I want to make sure that you all know that we have a lot more than weekly interviews and cybersecurity careers to offer you. You can actually learn cybersecurity for free on our InfoSec skills platform. So please go to infosecinstitute.com slash free. And if you create an account, you can start learning from a cross-section of our massive InfoSec skills platform. We have 10 free cybersecurity foundation courses, six cybersecurity leadership courses, 11 courses on digital forensics, 11 courses on incident response, seven courses on security architecture, plus courses on DevSecOps, Python for cybersecurity, JavaScript security, ICS and SCADA security fundamentals, and more. Once again, go to infosecinstitute.com slash free and start learning today. Thank you very much once again to Dr. Eric Huffman and thank you all so much for watching and listening. We'll speak to you next week. How about some free cybersecurity training resources for you and your team? Just go to infosecinstitute.com slash free to get ebooks, training guides, and more than 100 cybersecurity training courses, all free for cyber work listeners. Go to infosecinstitute.com slash free and start learning crucial new skills today.